I was reading this in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read it out of the easy-to-read version, the ERV. Okay, so uh, if that's okay. <laughs> so uh, it says here, uh, it's just for chapter 1, verse 1. 1 Corinthians, yeah, chapter 1, verse, no, chapter 2, verse 1. Sorry. I'll give you a second to go there. But yeah, wisdom, uh, it's huge. It, it, for me, I want to be wise in the things of the Lord. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I told you the secret truth of God, but I did not use fancy words or great wisdom. I decided that while I was with you, I would forget about everything except Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. When I came to you, I was weak and shook with fear. My teaching and my speaking were not with wise words that persuade people. But the proof of my teaching was the power that the Spirit gives. I did this so that your faith would be in God's power, not in human wisdom. That's just been speaking to me and speaking to me because when I think about the wisdom of the world, sometimes we can get ourselves in a situation where we go asking everybody else for a solution to something. Hey, what do you think, Brother Lewis? Or what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And we gather all this information. We gather and we hold it. And, and then we, we maybe might even pull some pieces from each and everybody to, to fit what is, we think is wise. And so... Uh, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm guilty of it. You know, I, 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 know I say this tonight because I am guilty of that. Um, I'm guilty of just saying things. And, and sometimes, how, some of the times I'm like, man, I don't even know why I said that. And um, I think sometimes, a lot of times I think before I speak, or I speak before I think, I should say. And then, uh, you know, there's people in my life that will say, hey, hold on a second. Bring some, uh, say things to me that will allow me to go back to the Lord and understand that the Lord is using certain people in my life to speak into my life. So uh, the wisdom of the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord for me today, um, you know, he's allowed me to see things spiritually. Okay. And, and I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know what that was. And, you know, um, allowing the Lord to remove scales from my eyes. I was blind. I was blind. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, for people, and, and I'm actually, in, if you look at it in the natural, I feel like I'm going blind, not, you know, in my, my physical now because I'm getting older and I can't see. But, you know, for, uh, but blindness, you know, it, it's, it's in a place where you begin to lose your vision or you have gone to a place where you cannot see anymore. And that blindness was just allowing me to walk through life I mean, some people use a stick to kind of navigate through that blindness, to feel out for things that things are familiar. When God opened those eyes and allowed me to see things, he opened my things, my vision to a lot more other things that were not just in the, in the natural, but in the spiritual. Because when he reveals things to you naturally, you start to say, okay, this is not right. This is wrong. And then the conviction comes and the Lord starts dealing with you and he starts working on you. 
And that's the beautiful thing. Because if you don't feel that, it's just, I don't, I don't know how to put that into words, but if there's nothing there and, and, and you're, you're not going to a place of repentance and going to the altar and just kind of brushing it off, and that's not wise. That's not wise for myself. So the wisdom that I see today that the Lord's allowed me to see when he opens my eyes to a different type of sensitivity to people. Um, we talk about sensitivity in the workplace, uh, sensitivity in, these, in the Bible studies that we're teaching and the anger management classes. You know, when the Lord allows you to see somebody who's hurting, you can see it. And we want to be responsive to that. So when we, we pray and we ask God, teach us to respond or be responsive to you. And teach us to, to be led and be directed by you. And, and this is the wisdom that we have to have of the Lord. We have to be wise in those areas and know when. Because I haven't always been wise in my own thinking, in my own human thinking. There's been times like, you know, I don't know if I should go and pray for somebody. Or I don't know if I'm worthy enough to do that. I don't know that I should be putting my hands on people. Or There's many things that can run through our own human wisdom and our own human thinking. But when God starts speaking to you, and you're hearing that, and we're not responding to that. We're kind of, okay, God, was that really you? God's speaking to each and every one of us tonight. God's teaching me, and, I, and this is a prayer that I pray. God, teach me your wisdom. God, give me your wisdom to understand where you're taking me in my life. God, give me the wisdom to understand my calling and my purpose in your kingdom and in the body of Christ. Because each and every single one of us have purpose. We all have calling. We, we do. The Lord called us for a reason. And I want to walk in that calling and I want to be obedient to that calling. And that's just what's been on my heart tonight. I just wanted to open with that and, and, and share that, what's been turning in my spirit. I, I watched the video that, that uh, was put out the other day. I was reading a scripture in there and I was, been, man, I, I read probably through seven or eight chapters again looking for what Bishop spoke about. But when he spoke about what he spoke about in those last few minutes... I didn't understand that portion of scripture that, that I had read, and then he spoke about it. And it gave me understanding. He talked about being in the vein of the Spirit. When one man comes, there's a flow of the Spirit. You know, it, and, and that's what I experienced when he was talking about from Brother Flowers to Bishop to my phone to through the video. It was God speaking to me about the scripture that I didn't understand. I'm thankful for God's wisdom. I'm thankful for what he's doing and what he's going to continue to do. Let's be wise in all our ways. And so, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand again? Hallelujah. Could we just talk to the Lord right there where we are? What you've heard already. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, your counsel. Hallelujah. I kiere le di aramayeto lobosi arabashete ye. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated if you'd want to. Um, I uh, First Peter three and twelve sort of dropped into my spirit this morning. You know, there's. Um, There's a little bit going on in our world today, and uh, from all different sides and angles and you name it, it's happening, and uh, it was interesting when you read First Peter and where they were, Peter was pointing them to different things, directing them about the times they were living in and the need of faith and, and those things, and then he makes the statement after he goes through all of the stuff, he says in verse 12, I believe it's verse 12 of 1 Peter 3. That may not be right. But he says to gird up the loins of your mind. Isn't that an interesting statement? Gird up the loins of your mind. And the Lord started talking to me about that. Have you, ever, have you ever ended up spending more time than you planned thinking about something? Anybody ever done that? Or you get pulled into thinking about something, you're like, why am I even thinking about that? You know, in this hour of nonstop information and the, the chaos in our world, it's easy for that to happen. And Peter was talking to the church and he was addressing them because of things that were happening in their world and things that were happening to the church and things that were going to begin happening to the church. And so what would happen is, if, if you read all of that, uh, the, those chapters in 1 Peter, he was warning them against things to come and things that were already, they were beginning to see things that were coming and he was warning them and the reason he was telling them these things was because, hey, you can't lose sight of what you're supposed to be doing and your calling in this hour. And so because there's so much going on that would capture your attention and your energy and your effort, in doing so, if it's successful, if this world is successful in pulling you and distracting you, then you'll miss what you're intended to be doing in this time. And you're intended to be doing something as the church of the living God. And so he makes this instruction which is so powerful. Gird up the loins of your mind. It's, it's a unique and powerful choice of words that he uses there. He, he draws back from Old Testament where uh, the, the men would gird up their loins in a manner, of course, they would wear these long garments. But to be able to work and to move, they would gird up their loins. It would give them movement so they could be responsive and active. 
It was a way that they would pull their garment up between their legs and around, right? It was a girding up of their loins that made them mobile. He draws on that, but he says the loins of your mind. It's an interesting thing, the choice of words. Loins is where reproduction comes from. And this is what he's alluding to. What you let in, the loins of your mind, and you turn it in your mind, it begins to reproduce something. And he's saying you better gird up those areas where thoughts are reproduced. Because what you let in there, especially in this hour, if, you, if you're letting the wrong thing in there and you're letting it get into the loins of your mind, it's going to reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. And it's going to distract you and I as the church from what we should be engaged in and involved in. If you read the rest of First Peter, you'll see that he was addressing where they needed to be engaged, where their eyes needed to be looking, where their energy needed to be focused. And then he gives this admonition. Gird up the loins of your mind. I feel this admonition of the Holy Ghost to the church in this hour. We should do this. It's, I, I think it's um, Psalm 1 where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. It's talking about where, what's, what's going on in his mind. What's he allowing in that's reproducing something? And this blessed man is meditating in the law of the Lord day and night. Notice he's not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Brother Martin talked about going around and getting information from different people and getting. It's so critical. So critical in this hour because of the call of God upon our lives in this hour. And the world needs the church. The world needs the church. A church that speaks truth, speaks it in love, gives an answer of the hope that lies within us. It needs this. And so if I get drawn into the world's thought process and my mind starts producing thoughts from the things fed by the world, then I'm no longer the conduit that the Lord needs for his thought to flow through. His thought. It's why the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church when he talked about what you're thinking, think on these things. He said, good, honest, of good report, virtuous, if there be any praise. And I've got that all out of order, but go read it some other time. Philippians chapter 4. What's reproduced in mine and your thoughts? What's reproduced there? Would you pray with me right now? This is so vital. This is so vital. This is so vital so that we fulfill our calling. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the adversary would attack against the mind before he would attack anywhere else. And so if you and I will gird up our minds by the grace of God, help me to gird up my mind according to the word of God. In the name of Jesus, that that which is reproduced in my thoughts... Uh, 
would be the reproduction of spiritual things, the reproduction of the thoughts of God, the reproduction of the mind of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Our world will get into fear and anxiety because of what's getting in and being reproduced in their mind. But not so in the body of Christ. Not so in the body of Christ. How do I gird up my mind? The word of God is, I believe, the single greatest tool for girding up your mind. The word of God. Scripture talks about the washing by the word. The washing of the word. And when... When my mind goes crazy and my mind does go crazy, I'm as human as you are. I'll just, I'll just pour through the word. I, I just want to keep getting word. Let the word wash my mind, Brother Lewis. I'll read it and I'm praying, God, let it wash my mind. Let these things, let these things. get. I want to be meditating on this stuff. Amen. Praise God. That's all I've got tonight. Bishop, do you have anything you'd like to share? Thought you might. In Jesus' name. Good to be here. Nice to see you. I don't know how anybody can watch anything right now. I don't know if there's ever been a time in my life when I have been more disconnected from news. Anyway, so I got peace tonight. I don't know about you. No anxiety here. Now, I'm not disconnected in the kingdom, and so I submit things to the Lord and so on. But I'm, I'm not listening to all the rhetoric that's all bouncing around because nobody seems to be telling the truth about anything. So... Uh, it was a conversation with an elder one night that he was telling me a story of uh, a man who, a minister who had come into Seattle and they were having meetings in this large church up in Seattle that we actually once rented for a district conference. But the building was not even hardly used for church anymore. And I think since then it's been torn down and they built apartments. But the conversation that we were talking about was the, the ministry that took place there when this man, I don't even know who his name was, came through and there were great healings, lots of healings. And he talked about how he would go from there and then down to Portland. And it seemed to me he may have even traveled to observe and watch. He, he saw it firsthand in Seattle. Then he, I think he said he saw it firsthand in, in Portland. And I, in my, uh, in my youth, infancy, I don't know, I was just really starting in ministry that, over there. Anyway, um, I think I asked him, why do you suppose that is? How come we don't see this all the time? He said, well, I think that an angel has attached itself to his ministry. 
That's the first time I'd ever heard anything like that. But I was intrigued by it, and I pondered over it for some time. It wasn't long after that I found myself invited to go and pray and fast with others, not a whole lot of others, but others for a week. And at the end of that week, uh, there were people that were asked to share that were a part of the group there. This is back in Maryland at Antioch. And uh, I'll just tell you what one of these people said. Uh, Her her name was Sister Evans. And they talked about that the angels of God had come to that place. And there were other descriptions of, you know, people saying what they saw, what they felt, and all this stuff. All I felt was the air conditioner. You know, they'd say, can you feel? And I think, I don't know, that feels like the air conditioner to me. <laughs> Let me see. Yep, that's the air conditioner. And, uh, but I was wanting to hear with faith what they were saying to me. It was supernatural the whole week. And so here we are at the, at the kind of the climax at the end. And now these people are sharing all these details of things that they're hearing and seeing and Wow, I'm, I'm just listening, thinking, okay, I kind of got my guard up here. You're getting a little on the edge. And Sister Evans said, these angels have come here not to stay here, but they are going to leave from here and go home with you. Okay, what's that look like? And then Sister Evans began to pray. And when she began to pray, it was like there was a release of something. I I didn't know. I'd never seen anything like this in my life. And then we got on a plane and came home. You know, back to normal life. We thought. Until Sunday. the The next day. And all we did was start service the way we always do. And I am telling you, there was a few people that seemed to stand out, and and we went and just asked, you know, can we just pray for you? And we would pray for them. I don't think we laid hands on them or anything, but when we began to pray, there was a manifestation of prayer that came upon them. It was intercession. It was very deep, very powerful. And I thought, wow. And then somebody else, hey, would you mind standing up, you know, and just standing in the aisle, we're going to pray for you, you know. We begin to pray, and that person went into intercession. Three people, and we had to stop. The church was going ballistic. They were scared. It was obvious there was something happened that had not happened. Now, had we somehow changed? Had the Holy Ghost somehow changed? Uh, you know, you're running these scenarios of what, what is really taking place here? Only to realize, you know, eventually I had to embrace those things that were said. And then now believe that there was a manifestation of the angels of God that had come into the place that was affecting us in the natural. 
slash spiritual. You felt it spirit, physically, I'm telling you. It didn't stop. It went on and it grew through the congregation. The ministry changed. Now, same Holy Ghost wasn't speaking in new tongues. Same prayer, same waiting on God, same these things. But there was something God was doing that was supernatural among us. Okay? It was maybe eight months, ten months. I don't know. One of the gentlemen that was there in that first meeting came and had ministered. And we had hosted a meeting. And then... uh, He and I, one other gentleman, that gentleman's son and my daughter, we went up into Seattle uh, and we had an encounter. We had an encounter in the underground tour. Now, after the encounter of what happened, the man says to me, now, this is a man who's been on the mission field for 20 years, a lot more experience than I ever had. He could discern and tell you what was happening and what was going on, and this is what he said. There is an angel here, and he is going to attach himself to your ministry. Now, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm hearing all these things. They sound kind of crazy to me. I, where's all this coming from? Where, where, what, 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 why is all this happening? Where's all this coming from? And, it, and I just had to accept, okay? Now, we got into the van. We drove up to Pike Street, and it was like the, the van filled with the presence of angels. It was so overcoming when I pulled into the parking place. So I had to get off the road. I couldn't drive anymore. And I just slumped over the steering wheel with this all-consuming feeling of what was filling the van. And John Hemus begins to prophesy what's taking place. And I'm thinking, what planet are we on? I've never heard this. I've never seen this. I've been in the church 15 years. And all of a sudden, this change comes. You haven't realized change is here. There's more to come. You feeling what I'm feeling right now? And it involves us. It involves us. I'm telling you, every hair on my arm is standing up. That is the manifestation of the presence of the angelic realm in this room. Okay, that's what that is. Now, so I'm going on about my life and ministry. Now, that was 20 years ago. There's an utterance. That came to me over the last few days. And I haven't spoke it out. I've been 
weighing it. And I'm thinking, why would I even say it? Why would I say that? And I'm hoping that everything that I have said up to this point has built some kind of a platform for me to say it. For me, it's a reality. I just don't, I don't need to know, but I guess I want to know why I would say this, but I'm going to say it to you. It's not that big of a deal, I don't think. But this is the utterance that comes to me. My angel has been spending a lot of time in Union Gap recently. See, when I walk in there and what I begin to feel and then the ministry that begins to flow, this is unplanned. I'm only responding, okay? But what's taking place there, I know this isn't, this isn't just me and it's just not a Holy Ghost-filled vessel. There is an angelic ministering spirit here for a reason, for a purpose. For this time. Now I suppose. I am to identify that for me. To know. I have a responsibility here. I'm trying to fulfill my obligation. There. Whatever it is. I suspect that there are angels in Mattawa. Engaged in the work. Engaged in the work. Ministering spirits sent forth for them that shall be the heirs of salvation. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, let's give God some glory here. This involves every one of us. Jesus, In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He cataya la romasito. He andele ye la matahaye. Que yo lo riasuye. Sister, would you stand for just a Come on, they go before us. They go before us.
Jesus. I think that you may want, you may feel to call any individuals and to pray for them. Only if you feel that you But it's you, it's not me. Mahaya. <laughs> Idie yaramando lobosi aratahaye Isiti erele di aramate lobokoshiti eya Iti erele di aramando yosi aratahaya Isiti erele di aramasoto roboshitaha in Jesus' name, I, uh, we're going to continue praying the Lord. Is, I want to just want your attention for just a minute. I, uh, Ethan, can you put Acts chapter 12 up there, please? I probably should have brought my Bible, but are up here with me. Acts chapter 12, verse uh, 7. We'll just start there. I'm going to read really fast. Uh, in case some of you are going, man, I don't know about all this. What am I? Peter's in prison. James, had already, one of the other disciples had been in prison. They'd killed him. Peter's now in prison. They think that they're going to kill him. So this is where we're at. Peter in prison, waiting to be executed. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. A light shined in the prison, and he, that's the angel, smote Peter on the side. Peter felt something, a physical feeling. A physical feeling. The angel smote him on the side. I don't know if he was asleep. I think maybe so. He smote him on the side. He raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Next verse. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself, bind on your sandals. So he did. He said to him, Cast your garment about you and follow me. I think he was asleep. His clothes were hanging up there in the prison cell. Follow me. So apparently he saw this manifestation of this angel. And he went out and followed him, and he wist not that it was 
true, which was done by the angel, but he thought he saw a vision. So he thought he was dreaming or there's a vision taking place. Verse 10. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came to the front gate or the iron gate that leadeth to the city, which openeth to them of his own accord. So the gate opened by itself. And they went out and passed on throughout through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. Verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Verse 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Verse 13. As Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. When she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, watch, you are mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it's not him. It's his angel. It's his angel. The early church had some recognition. There's an angel. And they were so convinced of it and believers of it. They couldn't believe that Peter was out of jail. Therefore, they assumed. You heard the voice of Peter. But since Peter's in jail, what you're hearing is angels at the door. So you've got a little word here in case you're a little nervous tonight. Now, I, I know what I shared a little bit earlier. The Lord was dealing with me about things over here before service. And I didn't have a release to talk about them. Now I know why. Because I had to wait on Bishop. I'm praying over here, and the Lord begins dealing with me. I'm going to labor with you. I'm going to labor with you. I'm sending you into the harvest, but you're not going and laboring on your own. I'm sending laborers with you. He said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers. And I'm telling you, I was sitting over here praying. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I'm sending laborers with you. I want us to stand again. The Lord is calling us into the harvest. I'm inviting some of you to come. Start praying where you are. Brother Rigo, I want you to come. Sister Jasmine, I want you to come. Brother Reuben, Sister Vanessa, I want you to come. Sister Sandra, I'd like you to come. In the name of Jesus. Brother Renee, I'd like you to come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Brother Ethan, I'd like you to come. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Brother Lewis and Sister Julie, I want you to come help me to begin to pray for these. Come on, there's already laboring angels with you all. I want you to help me pray with these. Come on, Brother Lewis, help me pray with these. 
In Jesus' name, Brother Martin, I want you to come. He caught up by it. Come on, what you're identifying with right now is there is a joining of laborers together with you. Come on, we're praying. If I didn't call your name, that doesn't mean the Lord's not working with you. Understand that. There's just an illumination of the Holy Ghost that's taking place right now. Sister Alyssa, I'd like you to step out and come up here and pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Sister Denise, come stand with your husband. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 
We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
this, this scripture that was shared with you, you understand it was John's appointed time to go. It wasn't because there wasn't no angels around to save him. It was John's appointed time to go. The fact that it wasn't Peter's appointed time to go brought the angelic manifestation in the moment of need. You can have confidence in that. You. We. Whatever is ahead. We can have a confidence in this. This scripture, this truth. If it's my time, I don't want to hang around. I want to go and be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. But if it's not my time, I got help. It's supernatural help. It defies the laws of nature. It defies the laws of science. Recent buzzword. We can have a confidence, can't we? God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.